Yeah. That was like my rap days right there. I'm always talking about my rap days. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up? What's up, Navalis? What's up for the Facebook click rooms? What's up, what's up to all of the people who still watch Netflix? What's up to the people who ignored my YouTube videos? No, I'm just playing. What's up? What's up, y'all? So, uh, we back, baby. We back for another episode. This is 25. Uh, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say because I got to talk about some motherfucking movies. Ah, damn it. Damn it. Dude, I was going to try it again. I was going to try the whole thing again where I don't curse. I, I got to figure out how to not curse. I want to be a lot more marketable, you know? But anyway, to the business. You know where to find me. Novelty. Google it. I just say Google it because, like I say, I got different handles. Google Novelty Podcast. See where it take you. It could take you to some interesting places. It do that to me all of the damn time. You do you, you, you do that and hunt me down. Uh, when I know what I'm up to, uh, definitely look up to the look up the Facebook page. It's my first. It's my favorite thing to interact with. Uh, make sure you do that and email the show. Let's talk movies two one six at gmail.com and let me know what you're thinking. Anything, complaints, rebuttals, opinions, recommendations. Yeah, you can send me a recommendation. Now, don't, don't take it personal I, when I get the recommendation and I'm lackadaisical on it because I got a lot of stuff to get to, but I listen to some recommendations. Sometimes that works out. It can definitely backfire as well. Oh. But anyways, I said my greetings. We all strapped in. Everybody settled down. Got the kids shut up. Well, let's talk some movies and get it to the front page. The front page is where I go over the top stories going on in Hollywood. It'll be Hollywood today. Uh, other times, it's not so much Hollywood. It's also, you know, uh, uh, sound stages across the nation and across the world with television shows. But today, today, we focus on the movies, baby. We got a lot to talk about. So, first up on the front page, Matthew McConaughey has been casted in The Batman and the trio of villains is complete. We now have Penguin. We now have the Riddler. Well, Penguin, Penguin is still kind of up in the air, honestly. But we're getting close on Penguin. So we got Two Face. We got uh, Riddler, and we got Penguin getting close. So we're starting to see this thing shape up. I don't know how this strategy is gonna work. Okay, we gotta be careful with those ensemble cast movies. Well, I talked about this in other podcasts. Always be careful with these. Always be wary of these because. That's what's going to drive the marketing. Now, hopefully that's how it works out. They're, they're able to um, constantly drive the celebrity marketing to the, to the customers, and that's what we're going for. We're going to see these celebrities. And if that's the case, if that's all you want out of the project, then that's what you're going to get, and you're going to walk away more than likely satisfied. But, you know, for the hawks like me who want to see some story, who want to see some good movie, hopefully <laughs> there's a good story that, that accompanies that ensemble cast because their cast on this thing is loaded. Yippee! Loaded, 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 and I can't wait to see what they what they do because I think they're going to get really ambitious with this one. It's kind of the only way to do it at this point. How will Joaquin Phoenix play into this in, into this universe, will he? How will the Joker, the new Joker, that's a smash hit, it's, it's, it's surpassed Deadpool, is now the most, the, the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. 
How will they play into it? Or will they retcon it? Really? Let's see. That will be answered with Birds of Prey, a movie that I have been very, very uh, reluctant to talk about. Some movies I kind of skip around talking about on my podcast. I'm just not that interested. And honestly, I don't think you're interested. But what will happen... How will they play having all of these stars, all of these stars on this Batman project? Because the next story is Colin Farrell closing in on a penguin. Now, I think that this is going to be the studio's first misstep because this could be a misstep. If you've been following Colin Farrell over the last couple of years, you'll see that his acting has just been getting worse and worse. The caliber is getting worse and worse. I don't know how responsible the choices that he's made, the 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 scripts that he's selected. I don't know how important of a role that has played into him utterly just constantly take a step back, step back, and step back. And I mean with his sheer acting caliber. You want to know the best thing I've seen him in in the last couple of years? That was in uh, uh, Horrible Bosses. That was in Horrible Bosses. And I don't even think he was that good in there, but he was funny. He was funny. and But you can be edited funny. I'm really nervous about the Penguin pick because you're asking him to step outside of himself. You're asking him to actually bring range. Colin Farrell has yet to show me that he can bring range. He's not. He's the snarky Irishman all the time. Or Scott, Scott, Scottishman? I don't know. I better get that right. Because if Colin Farrell ever hear my podcast and I'm calling him the wrong thing, he's going to be on my arse. Help me! We know Colin Farrell ain't listening to my damn podcast. Andy Circus. It's also being looked at to be Alfred Pennyworth, people. So I don't go, I don't go into names a lot into my podcast. It's, it's not something that I do because I feel like uh, we at the beginning stages of this podcast. This is only episode twenty five. If you start following more podcasts, if my podcast bring you to other podcasts, because podcasting is still a new thing, even though it's almost a million podcasts out there with more coming out, and now they even got these damn authors coming out with uh uh podcast and you want to know what they are they're fucking movies if you cowards don't call those things audiobooks and get out of our lane get out of the podcaster's lane with that bs and commit to something say it's an audiobook damn it now i gotta compete with renowned authors and shit it's already hard enough to compete with comedians i'm competing with comedians you're out and ex-presidents and shit but i digress so you see what's happening here, man. I don't, I don't, you don't, you may not know who Andy Serkis is, but he's a character actor. Honestly, I wouldn't even mind seeing Andy Serkis be as pegged as Penguin. I wouldn't even mind at that because that's how good the dude is. So I got a lot of black listeners. I'm going to tell you who Andy Serkis is. He was Claw from the Black Panther. Ding, 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 ding. Now the bells is going off. This dude is a great actor, and that was just a sample of how good he can be. And honestly, killing off Andy Serkis in that movie actually set that movie a couple steps back. Yes, I'm critical of Black Panther if you haven't been paying attention since the beginning of this podcast. And I can't wait to see Black Panther, too. It's going to be my claim to fame. I get a feeling. But Andy Serkis is a great actor, great pick, if he can land Alfred Pennyworth. You want to know the thing about it, though? The Batman series across multiple networks, across multiple decades, they always get Alfred Pennyworth right. It's weird. And it's a show on Epics. It's streaming on Epics. It's, it's airing on Epics called Pennyworth. And trust me, they nailed Alfred again. They got him perfect again. So get excited, people. Get excited about Batman because all the story needs to do is just be decent. 
these actors won't, it won't fail these actors. I think Matthew McConaughey can, can do Harvey Dent. I think he can. I don't think it'd take too much to do that. But it takes a lot to do Penguin and a lot to do Riddler. Gotham is about madness. Let's see if these actors can do it. So uh, I'll be talking a lot about Kerry Washington in this podcast, uh, mostly because she was in a very controversial project. And when I say controversial, I mean reaching for controversy. I don't know if it was truly controversial. I think a lot of people seen through the through the through the bullshit. But they are doing a good time special and an all in the family special. Didn't it? I feel like this happened already. Did this happen already? This probably happened already. Let me check this. And I'm gonna not delete this because this would be hilarious if this just if I just picked up an old story. No, no, this story is from today. It is from today. I could have sworn I said I seen a good time special. Uh, a good time special. I seen it. I know I seen it. But anyway. Yeah. All right. But anyway, <laughs> Carrie Washington is going to be executive producing, which is basically saying that she's putting the money behind these things. She's going to be project, uh, exactly produ- ex- Jesus, executively producing <laughs> All in the Family and Good Times. And I think this is a story because people, they, they, there's always some type of Spike Lee in our industry. So just watch out because it can't be Tyler Perry. He he wants to be he Tyler Perry wants to be you know the the leader of the black thought but he's not at least he's doing so let's see who's gonna take that mantle it could be Kerry Washington uh she's she's making people talk she's making people talk she's she's starting up a dialogue we'll see how effective that is in a couple seconds and finally I just need to rant about this story real quick just just real quick. <sighs> NBC News reports that a 9-11, <laughs> nobody else sees like uh, call 911 and think like call 911. Did anybody do that? 911 is just, uh, it's weird. 911 supervisor played Netflix movie as a caller sought help. Now, okay, that's not, that's, that's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad depending on what happened to the person who needed help. And uh, I'm not even, even, um, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's cool. Somebody shot out her car windows or whatever. But I was like, what? What movie could could be so good that it distracts a a a nine a nine one one responder? <laughs> Do you want to know what the movie was? You probably don't. You probably don't even care. But it was I Am Mother. Like, what the fuck? First off, that movie is slow as shit. It's so much downtime in that movie. It's like three characters in the movie. <laughs> It's like three characters in the fucking movie. And you're telling me to shed this glue into I Am Mother? You want to know what I think it is? I think it was one of those are you still watching moments. I think that that motherfucker was either sleep or doing something else that might get you fired. I don't know. I just think that I Am Mother is the worst. And I mean the worst movie <laughs> to possibly lose your job over. And I'm pretty sure if it's front page news, somebody lost their damn job because, man, that's hilarious. But that's it for the front page. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna waste your time. Oh yeah. Don't let me forget. Will Smith 
Tommy Lee Jones could possibly be coming back for Men in Black 5. Now, I, look, this is the biggest possible that I need. Uh, when I'm playing spades, uh, look, I'm not a big possible guy, okay? But this possible is like a, 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 a jack of diamond. Like, I, this is a amazing possible. Okay, queen of diamond, queen of diamond. This is an amazing possible. I need it to happen. Um... So we are owed this, right? Now, Men in Black 1, classic, one of the best uh, alien UFO movies out there, one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. Then you got Men in Black 2. Uh, then it kind of, you know, really fell, really took some steps back uh, in Men in Black 2. Uh, honestly, the scripture had never been approved. Like, that was the whole problem. Like, they waited a little too long. That was the whole problem. Then they came back in Men in Black 3, and I really felt they course corrected. I like Men in Black 3. Damn, Men in Black 4 happening. Oh, my God. Like, it was, uh, it was Armageddon. It was awful. Terrible. If you haven't seen Men in Black Internationals for a reason, uh, it's probably because you're not a Men in Black fan. I will give you that. It's probably because you're not a Men in Black fan. But at the end of the day, um, some people might have got curious enough, and there might be some Men in Black fans out there who decided they was going to check it out, and it was a complete and utter mess. And it's because they need to get back to the ground, the foundation of the Men in Black. Look, the Men in Black is basically a, a story about immigration. Don't, don't go international. That's an American thing. We are the immigration capital of the world, and we always have been. Bring it back home, put our stars back in it, and let's make Men in Black great again. No pun intended. So... That's it for the front page. I mean it this time. No more stories. <laughs> so uh, I'm always stressed. I'm stressed all week. I'm stressed like, oh, man, I don't want to bore my people. I don't want to bore my listeners. I don't want to bore the novel ones out there. So I've been trying to think up new concepts, new 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 segments. Uh, and I'm going to hit them with you. I'm going to hit you with them. I don't know how good they are, but I think that you deserve them. And the first one is... Category five. Now, the category five is me figuring out, giving you just straight up none of the BS, none of the theatrics, none of the rounds for the crown BS, none of the, you know, oh, novel five BS. I'm just going to give you the best five. I don't know why I always go for five. Five just seems like a good number. You got five, you got 10, and then you got 50. Those numbers are the shit. I almost went to 20, but, you know, I'd much rather have two tens than a 20. I don't know why. It's fucking weird. Really? But anyway, category five is the hottest movies in each genre because we need this more than ever. That's the biggest problem with movies. Uh, movies is transforming. They're evolving right in front of our eyes. And one of the biggest things that's evolving is not only the sheer market saturation that's going on, but the other thing that's evolving is genres. Genres are starting to bleed together. Uh, there's new genres being created right in front of our eyes, uh, and we have to um, respect it. So... Let's examine it, shall we? So the first category in category five is action. And let me tell you, people, the best action movie out right now is hands down Terminator Dark Fate. I can't wait to talk about this in a movie review. Uh, I think that this movie was a lot of fun and it was the movie that we deserved. I think that it could have been a little, uh, it could have been marketed a little differently. They could have been a little bit more honest, but I'll go into that in the spoiler review, but definitely one of the best ones. Now I wanted to make this a little fun. You know how you make it fun? You put some negativity in that shit. So I want to put two movies or whatever amount of movies, the movies that I really felt like 
maybe the worst or just not good enough to be e- to be considered the best. And one of the ones for this one was definitely Gemini, man. What a mess of a narrative. I hate when people ask me, what do I think about this movie? Because it always bring out the worst in me where I have to say, oh, I hated it. I hated it. This movie had a lot of focal issues where they didn't know what to focus on with their main character, Will Smith. I didn't understand the whole point of the whole movie. Uh, and honestly, uh, Will Smith's character arc ended soon as the movie started. And I was just like, well, all of this other BS is just BS. And then I made the mistake of seeing the movie at double the speed. So I felt like I was watching a cutscene on PlayStation 4. It was just a lot. It was just a big mess. Will Smith had some decent performances on certain scenes. And then on other scenes, it was just bizarre. But who am I kidding? He was uh, a computer animated real person it was it was weird the next action movie that could not could not compete was black and blue so this movie has some pretty uh it has some pretty uh decent action i mean when i say decent action i mean decent sound mixing i really love the sound mixing in black and blue they did a real good job of making you feel like like you are inside the gun like not inside the scene not inside not right next to the gun made you feel inside the gun like you were just like uh you you just had something you astro projected and and was a part of the gun or whatever you know what i mean yeah moving on the next up in the category five is the category of drama and the best drama in the category is definitely without a doubt parasite parasite is the crown champion as it simply keeps on giving and giving it has a great story now i can see some detractors saying but parasite didn't actually have an ending and it did but this is the best thing about parasite as that it was the promise of an ending and I know that sounds ridiculous. I know you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? But that's not being done in cinema, people. In cinema, it's either bad endings or stupid endings. Or, or great endings. But it's not an ending that tells you so much about your character, that does so well establishing its characters, that by the time the end comes and they can promise you that ending, you have faith that that ending will come. I thought it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But you already know that because it's the crown champion and it is hands down the best drama. It down Harriet. Now, listen, y'all. Listen, my cousin asked me if I seen Harriet and I, I, I didn't go into my tangent. y'all. I held it together and I won't go into a tangent now. But y'all already know, I don't know how good Harriet is or isn't. Uh, I don't. I know critics aren't going to be hard on it. I'm surprised that they're being as hard on it as it is. I think it's sitting in, in the low 70s somewhere on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm really surprised. I really thought this thing would be hovering at a 95, 97, 98%. Uh, but it is with the audience because, you know, we all know who's voting on that shit. And uh, I'm not watching it. I don't care how good it is. I'm not watching. I'm not supporting it. I might bootleg it in five years because fuck that slave shit. It's 2019. Tell some progressive stories, Hollywood. I still mean it. And the next one that failed to be best drama is Black and Blue. So why talk about Black and Blue? Uh, This thing really, really wanted to be a drama, but the drama was so laughably simple. It was like, is this really what's driving my story right now? Like, okay, well, if you've seen the trailer, and I doubt you've seen the trailer, but if you've seen the trailer, you've seen that, oh, the body cam is what, uh, you know, started all of this. Well, guess what? It started with the body cam and ended with the body cam. And they tried to put some social commentary in there, but they couldn't. You know why? Because this was a fantasy land. This is a fantasy land. It wasn't even a real place. 
You get a place that don't allow, that the cops don't go to, that the cops don't respond. That's like essentially another country. That's a whole other jurisdiction. And I'm pretty sure that's illegal. You know, I didn't even Google it. I'm just that certain that it's illegal. So the drama that they tried to bring was so ridiculous, unbelievable, and based on a very boring plot device. Ugh, it just couldn't make best drama. Next up in the category five is comedy. And the best comedy out right now is Jojo Rabbit, uh, mostly because it's just crazy ambitious. Uh, now, I, I got a problem with Hollywood uh, and their sub subliminal programming. I, they just really, really put a lot of Nazi symbolism in your face, and it's really weird to me. But um, at least they're trying something new with this one. Um, I'm not sure if it's Anne Frank in specific, but to tell the story about, you know, uh, Germans and Jews... Um, figuring out ways to, to help coexist in, in, in Nazi Germany uh, under the rule of Hitler is, is, is not only fascinating, but they make it a comedy. So at that point, it's addictive. Um, so yeah, this thing, of course, cleaned up at the film festivals. I'm kind of getting tired of film festival stuff. I'll talk about that more in a minute. But um, cleaned up at the film festivals, uh, did okay in the theaters. But again, the critics are gobbling this one up. They live for this shit. The ones that it lost to, the ones that just couldn't get into the category is, of course, the Adams Family, because, you know, um, look, I thought Adam Fa Adams Family was funny, but it took a while to get going. Um, I think that it was a much better story than a, than a good comedy. Uh, it was just a lot of corny stuff. A lot of stuff just wasn't landing. And I think they, they let the actors do a lot of riffing. And I think that that hurt it. It's comedy, honestly, but it's 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 kind of uh in the animation and comedy sector. But I feel like you know, if you wanted to, you can put it in the drama comedy animation sector. I don't know. I'm telling you, genres is a fucking mess now. And of course, the other one that couldn't win this was fucking black and blue because <laughs> they, look, the comic relief didn't even work in this damn movie. It didn't even work. Like. It, 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 Nothing was, you just was so mad at all of the characters that they actually ex existed and none of them made any sense. None of them made any sense. You want to know the best part of Black and Blue? Is that they managed to rename a character through the action of the script. Isn't that fascinating? The, the main character's name was not that bitch. But by the time the movie ended, it was her name to me. I thought it was poor comedy, honestly. The next up in thriller and suspense is, of course, Joker, former crown champion. Uh, of course, you know how much I love Joker. If you haven't seen Joker, go see Joker. Uh, everybody's loving Joker. So I'm a critic. So, you know, I'm not the one that's just like, oh, that's so great. All the people who saying it's so great will not watch it again. They won't look for it on DVD. This is not going to be anybody's favorite movie. But. This is a very good movie. It's technically flawless, man. Flawless. You got a technical masterpiece and you got a decent script. But what happened is, is that, you know, you had a director and a writer outperform a script. This happens. This happens. Um, and that's that's kind of um, that's kind of what happened in, in Joker. And um, it's got it sitting at, you know, it's one of the most successful movies of the year. And it's definitely one of the best thriller suspenses of the year. The ones that came close but got Blew out of the wind is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, because I am so tired of seeing fairies fight. Uh, then you got... <laughs>
Then you got motherless Brooklyn because I'm tired of seeing Edward Norton be Edward Norton. Okay. Yo, I thought Edward Norton liked to play these autistic characters because I seen him do it twice. But then I seen him on Joe Rogan and I was like, wait, is is he really kind of like that? Like it turned out that he's not even acting that much. So I think that he's trying to stay kind of still stay in his comfort zone, if that make any sense. I thought that he was looking for a challenge, but he actually might be in his comfort zone. Uh, and it's just funny that he's doing a movie with Bruce Willis. Both Edward Norton and Bruce Willis is notoriously known for being hard to work with. And here they are working together. Please show me the behind the scenes of that shit. And then the next one that just couldn't make it in Thriller and Suspense is Black and Blue. How in the hell? How in the hell? Are these people constantly trying to make this about some some suspense? There was no suspense. By the time the movie got to the big part, the big reveal, where the big gangster decides to have his moment where he's going to kill the cop and blah, 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 blah. It goes back to the same funky-ass plot device that could have solved this stupid movie a long time ago. And by the way, this movie only works if every cop, and I complained about this, about another movie, because every time you talk about a movie that's based in in black in, in a black neighborhood or anything like that, suddenly every cop in existence is crooked. It's not reality, people. It's not. I'm sorry. And they did it in this one. So by the time they tried to make this a thrill ride, you were just so over it because everything was just so dumb because of this stupid freaking camera. Like, come on, man. It shouldn't have been this hard. But they made up all of these dumb rules and built this dumb universe. And by the time by the time they tried to <laughs> had a big reveal, it fell on his face, just like this movie fell on its freaking face. In the final category, in the category five, is horror. And the best horror movie out right now is Countdown. So Countdown is, uh, you know, it's holding its own, whatever. Yeah, You know, look, horror movies right now, you're not going to get the best of the horror movies. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. This is, uh, we're approaching Oscar season, and the Oscar bait movies is in full effect. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Kind of got a bone to pick with Netflix. But it's definitely an Oscar-based season, so you're not going to get the best horror movie. So, you know, you got Countdown, it's holding its own, but, you know, Countdown could have easily been on Netflix easily. And um, I actually think it would have did a lot better on Netflix. But it's not doing bad, you know, technically. And it lost to Zombieland, which is technically a comedy, whatever. But, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it was a comedy. Well, if it was a comedy, it's not better than JoJo Rabbit. So, fuck it. And for the next, you got The Lighthouse. Uh, psychological horror is cool. Whatever. Anybody like psychological horror? Anybody like Robert Pattinson? Anybody? No? No? All right, that's fine. I'll move on. <laughs> I'll move on. You got to move on. Because if I don't move on, I would have started shitting on black and blue again. But those are the best. Those are the hottest ones in the genre, man. And you got to be careful because... We don't, we, we don't respect genres. A lot of people, they just go into movies and they just watch the movie, just check out the movie. They're like, oh, I like that movie. But they don't know that there was a bunch of rules and tropes that was going on to make that happen. And they don't know when, you know, people try to break some rules or the trope because sometimes that can work and sometimes it doesn't. It's either or. It's either or. So I like to, I like separating them and talking about them. If you hated that segment, hit me up. At, nah, I know you fuckers won't hit me up. But I still love you, novel ones. So, uh, I'm always talking about Rotten Tomatoes, right? It's my secret ex- obsession, if you haven't noticed by now. So, um, this is the thing, though. A lot of people don't care. They just don't care. A lot of people don't care about net, uh, Rotten to- Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is very, uh, 
popular, very influential, but most people don't pay attention to it. Uh, some people even express frustration with me that I constantly give credence to Rotten Tomatoes, but I kind of can't help myself. And the reason I can't help myself is because of who does, who does pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes. Do you know who pays attention to Rotten Tomatoes? Movie studios. Movie studios pay a lot of attention to Rotten Tomatoes. You want to know who pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes? Marketing firms. Marketing firms pay a lot of attention to Rotten Tomatoes. So you know what that means? Rotten Tomatoes has a lot more power than y'all give them credit for. Same thing for IMDb and same thing for Metacritic. These people have a lot more influence than you would think. Um, I'm pretty sure I have a prevailing conspiracy theory that some of them is in the pockets of studio heads. I'm just con- I'm just convinced because, you know, humanity. <laughs> so what I want to do, I want to actually look at some Rotten Tomato scores and see if I can bring some type of uh, levity, levity to the situation. And I want to call this the pretenders. Who is the pretenders and who ain't? Because I think I know. So first up on the pretenders is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. This thing is sitting at a 40% with the critics and a 95% with the audience. Sting racked in about $385 million. Um, I, That probably just covered the production cost. This is a really expensive movie. So, uh, but it, I mean, it does, it, it did its work. Uh, so you got to know, look, if Disney releasing a property, it's going to be really hard for it to flop. Really hard. Okay. So with that being said, uh, look, I didn't watch this movie. Look, I put, this is what happened. I made my podcast notes. <laughs> I made my podcast notes or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I didn't even see that whole thing completely, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to see it before my podcast. And I didn't, you know why? Because who gives a shit? <laughs> so is Maleficent a pretender? Cause at this point it is a power player and no, it is not a pretender. Um, there is probably Maleficent fans out there. Uh, I, I guess there are sleeping beauty fans out there and, um, they're keeping this thing afloat and you know, they're probably going to make a part three to this. And, you know, um, I always love epics. I always love some good world building and I always love me some Angelina Jolie. Cause that is a evil mofo. And I just like to see her work. So I'm going to say that they are not, pretenders but they are contenders it is a contender i don't know how to word that i'll figure it out on my next one which is zombie land double tap which is sitting at a 68 percent and an 89 percent with the audience uh is it a pretender so this is the thing sting only made about 87 million but uh it didn't cost that much so um you know they, they definitely made their money they're respectable with the box office uh, but I think that this thing is not as high as at 89%. I don't know what this gave to the culture of horror. And when I say that, I'm saying, I don't know if this will have the same effect as the first one. And honestly, I'm not even thinking it. It's a fact. I'm stating it right now. I'm calling it. Zombieland Double Tap will not be as important to the culture as the first one. But honestly, y'all, uh, I thought that the first one was overrated, honestly. But with that being said, Zombieland Double Tap is definitely a pretender. Next up is Black and Blue, which is sitting at a 49% with the critics and a 94% with the audience. Jesus. Only made $16 million. The thing about these kind of movies, they're pretty cheap, so they probably still ended up in the black, and you whoop they do. But hopefully that don't mean they're going to make a Black and Blue too. 
Look, um, there was some decent acting in this joint. Uh, I talked a lot of stuff earlier, but um, you know, the action scenes were cool. I like the shootouts. Uh, they were cool, but um, you know, this thing's a freaking mess. Uh, so this is the thing. Uh, I don't know where that ninety four percent came from, but this is a mess. It is not gonna penetrate the culture in any way. Uh, nobody's talking about it in any way. And this thing is, uh, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. It thinks that it's a story, but it's not. Uh, it's essentially a superhero movie, not even a superhero movie, a comic book movie where comic books, you know, they create new universes and put a bunch of bullshit in it. And sometimes it makes a cohesive story. Well, they didn't get a cohesive story in this one. And Black and Blue, as you probably guessed, is a motherfucker pretender. Next up is the movie Rattlesnake. It is a horror movie on the incomparable Netflix. Uh, so it is sitting at a 33% with the critics and a 12% with the audience. Now, I want to believe that no matter what, um, nothing can be low as a 12% because in order for that to happen, you have to give 0%. I feel like a movie should never get a 0% because effort was it was put into it. But this one was kind of a mess. Um, there's another movie that has a lot of the same problems in this one that I'm going to talk about later. And honestly, it is like a completely different movie, completely different genre. It just couldn't be more different. But they kind of had the same problems. Uh, so in this one, they did not do enough to develop the bad guys. They didn't do enough. They um, So by the time all of the horror was happening, it just was silly. The rules were silly. Uh, the rules were kind of unclear of why the horror was happening. Um, I really like the cinematography on this thing, though. I really think that's something Netflix gets right. I don't know if it's a certain filter that they have. I don't know if, like, when you when they're on Adobe and they're like, okay, uh, Netflix sent over their, their uh, color grading package, then, you know, and that's what they just put over it because... Their movies just look incredible. They they and and it makes them hard to turn turn off. Honestly, uh, you got great performances in Rattlesnake, but um, yeah, this is a silly freaking movie, and I'm glad that it got these low numbers because it is definitely a pretender, regardless of its kind of buzz. The next one is this movie <laughs> called Assimilate. <laughs> so I randomly decided to watch this shit. <laughs> I randomly decided to watch this. Now, you may be wondering why it's on a podcast. Well, it's on a podcast because this thing came out in May. This thing came out in May, but it's listed as a new release on Netflix. So that means that this thing came out in May and it made noise. This thing made noise and it made enough noise to where as if, I don't know, I'm bad with math. I was about to throw a number out there, but one time I was hanging with my friend and just kept getting called out for that shit. But you're saying like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Like six months later... You picking up the damn, you picking up the 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 movie to get it going. So this thing is interesting. Uh, it's interesting. I'm, I, nothing was good. I almost turned it off in the first two minutes, but I was like, you know, that's a that's kind of a sin in my position. So I was like, let me keep watching this. Let me see if they can deliver me something. It never happened. It never happened. Okay, they had a very interesting first act. And then uh, the wheels fell off. So I was like, man, that was really, really bad. So <laughs> went to Rotten Tomatoes, and Rotten Tomatoes still haven't scored that shit. You want to know what's happening? Them movie critics, they up here making every excuse they have. They up here talking about they got to get hernias removed. They ain't making any excuse they can to not have to review this movie. The audience, they, they, they watched it, and the audience got this thing sitting at a 37%. And listen, this thing isn't a pretender or a contender because everybody sees right through it and knows it's a piece of shit. But I decided to mention it because there's a slight chance that you can click that thing. You might make a right, right, and click, and I just want 
want you to know that you've been warned by Novelty's movie podcast. Yes. Next up on The Pretenders is The Addams Family. And forgive me when I get a little long-winded on movies. Those are the movies where I'm kind of sneaking in a slight review, a slight spoiler-free review, because I'm never going to talk about it again. I'm never talking about Rattlesnake and assimilating again in my life. But the next one is the next one is the Adams family. Uh, it's sitting at a forty four percent, sixty nine on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it didn't make any money. Uh, it, it, no, I want. I don't want to say that it did make some money in the box office, but it's sitting at a forty four percent and a sixty nine percent. People, people, this thing is a contender. I'll tell you now. Um, I'm not always sure what critics are expecting. Uh, sometimes I think the critics are fooled. I think that the critics can be a little bit too traditional on some things. I think that the critics can miss when a story, what a story is trying to say sometimes, and I think that that might have happened this time. Now, I'm not saying that Adam's Family is, is just that damn good and that much of a masterpiece. What I'm saying is this thing is at least, at least 30 points better than a 44, okay? At least. It is 74 at least. But the audience got it at 69. It was just way more... Close to the truth, uh, but I still think that this thing is a contender. I think this is a great family movie. Check it out. And it's going to get a part two. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. Next up on the pretenders is Gemini Man, which is sitting at a 25% and uh, 85% with the audience. So, uh, uh, audience. Uh, uh, what the fuck movie were you watching? So the the spoiler embargo is it lifted? Is it lifted? Uh, I've done a spoiler review. Uh, this thing has been out for about three weeks, four weeks. You know, it, it should be lifted, right? It should be lifted. All right, it's lifted. How in the hell? How in the hell are we gonna say that this movie is an eighty five percent? This movie is a B. This mo- the man's story arc ended at the beginning. At the beginning of the movie, he said, "Oh man, I'm tired of killing people. I don't want to kill any pe- people anymore. I want to go off into the sunset." Sunset. Boom. That's a story. At that point, well, it's the end of a story. And at that point, everything after that, it's just a bunch of shit that you made up just so you could shoot this stupid movie about a man shooting a stupid clone or a stupid double stunt in his, in his case. And we're going to act like we were getting story out of that? We're going to act like we was getting great performances? Will Smith seemed like he was never sure what you do in that movie. He knew how bad that script was. Do y'all want to know how many people passed up on this script, including Harrison Ford, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone? Do you know the people who passed up on this script? They, they, all these people said, oh, yeah, I'll make it. And then they looked at the script and they burned it. And Will Smith never knew what to do. And then he brought it better when he was the clone. But that's because the clone was some depressed dude or something. I don't know. Some depressed clone. If he's a clone, why wouldn't he mimic the same things that that, that Will Smith does? If, he, if he's from his DNA. And he makes an army of it. And they skip over that whole part of how in the hell they cloning these people in the first place. Or even what's the real point? To make super assassins? Super assassins that can be dissuaded with some feelings? Come on. Ridiculous. It was a big game of a, a cat and mouse. It was a big game of cat and mouse. It was a big game of cat and mouse. And then they had a scene where he went and took out the tracker for them to find them anyway. Why? Because they somehow, some way knew that they didn't have a story and didn't have any other idea how to close it. And how does the movie end with a freaking clone going to college? How did we do that? Did we get him an alternate identity? What did we do? What, what did we do to get a clone into college? Is he about to go make kids now? And what happens then? Can, can, can they still get the other old Will Smith for the child support? Can they do that? Since he's just going to be assimilated into regular society. No matter what, no matter how we flip this, no matter how we try to make sense of this stupid movie, it's stupid. 
and the audience is giving this thing 85%? That implies that there's people out there giving this thing 100%. Do we care what we're seeing on the screen? If not, let me know. Let's talk movies. 216 at gmail.com. Don't be afraid. I don't bite. All the time. It's insane. So if you didn't get the context clues, Gemini Man is a pretender. Pretender. 85% audience score? You're crazy. You know what? I'm not about to fi- I'm not about to figure out a segue. That stressed me out. Let's go straight into the trailer park. The trailer park is where I evaluate the hottest trailers on the internet. I get a feeling that uh, November and December is shaping up to be really strong months for movies. I'm really excited. Anybody who who don't go to movies can't ever find the time. Look, you can find the time. You know you find the time for some bullshit sometimes. You can find the time to go to the movies. And sometimes you can find the time to go to movies with your kids or whoever might be stopping you from going to the movies. Drag them to the movies, too. They can, it could be an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. And the first movie on the trailer park is one that you can take the family to. And that's Jumanji, Next Level, uh, of course, Star on the Rock. Kevin Hart, Danny DeVito, and Danny Glover this time. What in the hell? And of course, the incomparable Jack Black, Jack Black uh, is uh, distributed by Columbia Pictures, and it drops December 13th. Uh, look, check this one out. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the first Jumanji. I thought it was really lazy. Uh, I thought there was a lot of stuff that they could have explained better. I thought that they could have came up with a better way to do the video game thing, period. Um, but that's what they came up with. Uh, it could have been a lot worse, and it worked. It worked. But that's because The Rock... <laughs> Anything he does is going to work. It's a little scary how star vehicles still are just as effective as they have always been. The human psyche has not changed in the last 60 years, people, no matter what we tell ourselves. And people will go to it. But now this time they injected some better actors in here and Danny DeVito and uh, Danny Glover. And uh, now we get to see them play on more uh, social dynamics of, of our society. And this should work out great. I'm really excited to see this. I can't wait to see how, how they play with it. Uh, hopefully it's a better story. I'm really rooting for this one. And I gave this thing a three on a scale from one to two. Oh, I didn't explain my system. I didn't even explain it. So if I gave it a one, then you got to call a maintenance man for this trailer. If I gave it two, you know, you just need some slight renovations, but but it's all good. And if I gave it a three, ho, 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 you can drive this thing across the country if you want. This is an amazing trailer. So next up on the trailer park is Knives Out. It is distributed by Media Rights Capital and it drops on the uh 27th of november uh i was hoping that this thing would drop for thanksgiving i think that that would be a cool thing to go see with your family like oh let's go see a murder mystery about who murdered the patriarch of the family yeah like i think that'd just be cool to fuck with people about but that's what this is about uh it's starring uh ensemble cast i started to say one of the names but you want to know what i'm not going to disrespect this cast I'm, look, look this cast is so crazy the stars are out the stars are out that I'm not going to name anybody. But when you see all of the people that's starring in this movie, it is insane. Uh, Let's see what happens. Uh, Let's see what happens. So I think that this thing is going to bomb. I just think that it's created to fail uh, because you got an average story in its root uh, being fueled by uh, star star vehicles. So what's going to happen is everybody's going to go see the stars. And if this movie is even average, it's going to get panned. And when that word of mouth hits about a murder mystery, it's going to kill it. 
It's going to kill it dead. And that's what I'm exa- it, it predicting to happen. I could be wrong. Now that I'm saying this thing could, can make, you know, $600 million, but we all know. It's probably not going to happen, but it's dropping on the 27th, and I can't wait. This thing definitely gets a three when it comes down to my interest. Uh, looks very interesting, but I really think it's going to flop. Next up is 21 Bridges, distributed by STX Films. Wakanda forever! Really? Wakanda! Look, <laughs> look, I know, I know, I know that's what y'all thinking every time y'all see Wakanda. I mean, every time y'all see... Uh, what's the dude's name? What's the dude's name? Uh, 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 Chadwick Boswin. Ball. <laughs> Chadwick Ball. Chad- <laughs> His name is stupid. That's why. Uh, every time y'all see Chadwick Boswin, Boswin somewhere. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm telling you, his name is dumb. I don't know what this is. Is it French or something? Chadwick Boswin. It better not be Boseman or something. I'll lose my shit. But, uh, Black Panther's back. Uh, let's not lie. Let's not lie, okay? He's he messed up. He did one of those roles. Um, I could never see him as not T'Challa. He's, he's just T'Challa pretending to be a cop at this point, and that's how it's gonna make all of his money. Uh, this thing is gonna make bank because this dude is now officially a star vehicle thanks to Marvel. Uh, he's always been good. I've always been a fan of him. It's just so funny that this thing is gonna make its money because he is in a movie like that's coming out. Like I think it's out like today or tomorrow or something, and nobody is gonna see it. Nobody is going to see it. Man, Everybody's going to see this one. Uh, but this is a much bigger distributor in STX Films. Um, it should be interesting. It comes out on November 22nd. It is about a cop who is uh, basically closing down New York City to find uh, these military-grade shooters who are committing crimes. So um, it should be interesting. But for them to be military-grade shooters, this mofo don't have a vest on one time in the trailer. So we'll see. I'm hoping that this thing don't get dumb. These are the type of movies that have a really strong first act and just goes downhill from there. Kind of like Black and Blue. We'll see. Hopefully this is not another Black and Blue. Oh, God, don't be another Black and Blue. Next up on the trailer park is Code 8. Code 8 is a short film. Ho, ho, ho. Yo, ho. This really got me going, right? This really got me inspired because this is the way I kind of want to break in. So I got a film degree, and it was the worst decision of my life. Worst thing that ever happened to me. I'm not going to bullshit you. <laughs> it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um... So now I'm stuck, right? I'm stuck. Now I'm stuck. Now I gotta get that big move. I gotta, I gotta hit that. I gotta hit the bullseye. So I'm like, man, I'm make, I'm gonna make short films, and I'm gonna try to use that to get into the industry. That's a very hard thing to do. It's, it's a very hard thing to do. But if you're good enough, you can do it. Uh, who knows if I'm good enough? That's, that's yet to be seen. I think I am. But this was a short film, and hey, the thing made noise at a film festival. And it got picked up by XYZ Films, and now it is being distributed. Uh, it, it got sh- they start they shot the rest of the movie and made it a, a a feature film, which could really really backfire. I mean, really really backfire. Um, short films is not easy. They're not easy to make. Uh, but um, it gets a little real complicated when you got to expand on that. It, it really does. So let's see if they can make it make sense because. Honestly, the story didn't seem that impressive, but you can kind of hide a lot of good nuggets in short films. So um, we'll see if they're able to do that with this one, uh, if they're able to expand it. And those things that was cool when you had them in nine to 12 to 15 minutes might not make sense when you have to expand on them. So we'll see. I am really, really rooting for this film. Uh, The film is, again, called Code 8. Um, check out the trailer. It's pretty cool. Uh, it comes out December 13th, and I get this thing a two on the scale. I don't know. I just made all of that fuss, but that's because I'm rooting for it. But I, 
<laughs> it looks cool, but I don't know how good it'll be. Come on, it's a short film. Next up is Trauma Center. Uh, Bruce Willis is back uh, fulfilling his his uh, three movie deal. And uh, here he is with Trauma Center. Uh, so this is coming out December 6th, and I gave this thing a one. Uh, first off, Bruce Willis gave this movie to us before. I don't know why he's ripping us off like this. I don't think it's cool at all. He gave us this movie before. Uh, it was a movie called 21 Blocks. Uh, it was a pretty cool movie. Uh, I've always been a fan of Most Def. Look, I don't even know how much of a good actor Most Def is. He's just a believable actor. I think we all ran across somebody like Most Def, where it's just like, uh, is he slow? You know, like you're just never really sure. <laughs> Turns out that he's smart as shit. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. So, um, yeah, you got that going on. Uh, so, uh, I I thought that you got that going on. What, what the hell? So I thought that that would uh that would kind of like take away from this movie how similar it is to, to uh Twenty One Blocks. Bruce Willis is literally re- protecting somebody, a uh, 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 eyewitness to a murder. And I'm pretty sure that cops are behind it. This is like the same thing. Now, they didn't say that cops were behind it on the trailer. They just said that his partner was killed. Well, come on, man. We know. We know what's happening. We know what's going to happen. No, this this thing goes up way above my pay grade. You know, some shit. It's it's just never going to fail. It's just running a meal. If you like this genre, if you like, you know, the the cop thriller genre, then yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it could work. But I don't know. And finally, on the trailer park is Mob Town, starring David Arquette. It is coming from Saban Films. Uh, this looks okay. It looks cool. Um, I think that this is one of those movies. So sometimes you have those movies where the movie is cool, it's cool, but then you get to the third act and it just explodes. I get a feeling that that's what this is going to be about. Um, but I'm always, you know, treading softly when it comes down to movies that's based on true films. I mean, on, on true events. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, this thing looks okay. I gave it a two uh, on a, on a um, I gave it a two on on the interest scale because um, I'm sorry, y'all. Can you hear how bored I'm getting to this shit? It's kind of boring. It's kind of boring. Like it's the 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 mob, uh, some mob boss decides to have a big meeting with all of the mob bosses. So you know, all of these mob bosses in this town. So you know, this hot shot cop is like, oh hell yeah, we about to take down the whole mob. Like nigga, what? No. <laughs> He said that we're going to take down the whole mob. So, um, yeah, so that happened. And uh, so we all know he's not going to take down the mob. I, I don't know. It, it could be cool. Check out Mob Town. I gave it a two. Whatever, you know. But that's it for the trailer park. It's just it's just weird. Like Mob Town could be amazing, though. It could be amazing. I could be completely wrong about Mob Town. I know I'm not gonna be wrong about Trauma Trauma, trauma Center. I know that's just a, a bomb waiting to happen. That's a ticking time bomb. But Mob Town, I don't know. And then David Arquette being the leader. Do y'all know who David Arquette is? I, I know you don't know who David Arquette is. Some of you do. Remember the one dude, man. One eight hundred call AT and T. He's the first dude, though. He's the first dude. That dude, David Arquette. I think he was in Scream. I think he's in Scream, or was it a scary movie? <laughs> I think he's in Scream. I think he was doing a Scream. Uh, speaking of Scream, they're talking about making another Scream. The, uh, they they developing a, a script, and it's just like, why? I, I will never understand how Hollywood they imagined this demand for stuff. Like Scream had a whole ass TV show that got canceled, so now we want another movie. It could. They're talking about uh, possibly bringing back um, um, Naomi Campbell. Which, which which they would need to do, 
Well, you know, whatever. But yeah, you know, all of that stuff, all of that stuff, all of that critiquing, all of that organizing, all that compartmentalizing, whatever. Compartmentalizing. Is that where you I don't think it is. Compartmentalize. Anyway. That all leads to the rounds for the crown. The rounds for the crown is where I get a playoff style seating format. I will see these movies from one to eight, and I will let them battle in a tournament to determine who is the new crown champion or will the crown champion parasite defend the crown. Let's see. So, let's bring them out. Number one seed is Terminator, Dark Fate. Number two seed is Parasite. The number three seed is Motherless, Brooklyn. The number four seed is Harriet. The number five seed is The Lighthouse. The number six seed is Joker. Number seven seed is The King. And the number eight seed is American Son. You peep that? You peep how two Netflix movies creeped up in here? That's kind of crazy. I do want to start putting more Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Originals on the rounds for the crown. Uh, but Hulu really struggles. They really struggles with making good movies, man. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the rounds for the crown. The first matchup in the first round of the crown. For the crown. You know what I meant. It's Terminator Salvation. <laughs> it's Terminator Dark Fate versus American Sun. So let's talk American Sun. So American Sun is on Netflix. So um, it just dropped. It just dropped. So uh, I'm going to try to be as spoiler free as I can. I'm going to try to talk about this thing uh, in, in, in theory of how I perceive it. So American Sun is about... Uh, you know, two uh, or or a mother who is um, you know, distraught over um an uncertain case about what's going on with her son, who ends up in an um altercation with the police. So here we go. So this is the this is the way I see it. Black people are under attack, and when I say black people are under attack. I mean by whatever person is up in those studio boards figuring out how to get their hands on our money. Uh, so this dude who directed this movie is he came up on plays. And the biggest thing that bothers me about this thing is that it is a play. Now, plays can get a lot more flexible when it comes down to their subject matter, when it comes down to their commentary about social and political issues. Uh, they have a lot more free reign to that. And it's a lot more open of a form to that. Don't Betray my 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 um wheelhouse because I can't find a better word. Don't betray you know what I love, uh, which is movies, in order to do your little plays. Like I, I'm not I'm not into it. Uh, it felt way too close to be believable. They were in a public place. It was darkly lit. It looked like somebody's house. At first, I thought she was at home. It looked like somebody's house. It was awful. Let's talk about Kerry Washington. So I, I thank God for Scandal for basically giving this woman a following because I don't understand what all of the Kerry Washington hype is about. Uh, I don't understand how every time she, well, she she's smart though. She knows what gets the clicks and what gets the clicks is uh, black social injustice. Oh my God, we eat that shit up. It's like a whole genre at this point. Netflix is going to keep doing it to us because it keeps getting them clicks. They don't care about black social injustice. So this one, they 
didn't care about story. The story made no freaking sense. The story had this cop in there. The cop had, he just had no business in there. He was just in there to throw off the plot. And the reason that the and that reason that they needed that was because him throwing off the plot caused them to argue more about social issues, and it was ridiculous. You had a story full of unlikable people, and those unlikable unlikable people wasn't driving the story because they couldn't because there was no story. And then when you figure out why everything is going on, oh my god, oh, oh, oh my god, oh my god. So at that point. You're like, you don't even know who's right. You don't know who got the retribution, who who was in a way at fault, you know, because that, it, it, in this story, you know, they want us to know that, you know, in a way, everybody's at fault. But at the same time, um, come on, you got to be clear. You got to give us a little bit more. If you're going to transition something from a play to a movie, you got to uh, break some rules. You can't stick to the same rules as theater. You can't do it. Because now there's a bunch of questions that you're leaving unanswered. But what will they weather do? They weather keep marketing this this, this BS to us because they know we're going to buy it. They know we're going to buy it. But then, and, but, and I thank God that this thing is getting the ratings that it is. Thank God. Thank God that, that black people are not fooled this time. This time. Because Lord knows they got us for with when they see us. Oh, you put a little Donald Trump in there, and oh yeah, you got us, you got us. That was more about Donald Trump than those men. So with that being said, thank God this time, somebody who's just trying to pull at the heartstrums of the black community by saying that, uh, you know, what is responsibility? What is accountability? What is police and blacks relationship? What is racism? You know? It was awful. It was awful. It was an awful experience. You don't make all your characters unlikable. You just don't do it. It's, it's, it's not good. You have to give your audience somebody to root for. I didn't root for anybody in this movie. I didn't care what color they was. I didn't care what they believed in. I didn't care. Because they didn't care. Because they just thought that we were that naive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those black folks, they 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 scared of them cops. You know what you should do? You know what you should do? You know that one play. But it is it is it, maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point is strictly to get a dialogue going. Well, fine. You got it. Dialogue going. Any of my white listeners want to email me and tell me how they feel about cops and black people's relationships? Any anybody going to tell me about the cop friends? Who talk about racist practices? Anybody? I didn't think so. We can do it in more practical ways. We can just do it in we can just do it with town hall meetings. We can make a Facebook group for Christ's sake. We can do more than trying to, to just trying to make these 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 money grabs because this is what gets us. And we think that this is starting a dialogue when that movie didn't start a dialogue because it didn't have any consistency or any story or any growth or any anything. But luckily, we didn't eat it up. I put it on here because of its social relevance. I, you can make the rounds for the crown for relevance. You just can make the rounds for the crown for that. It's hard to track Netflix numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's always trending and I'm pretty sure it's doing well. So it's at the eight seat. But trust and believe, people. 
that while a lot of you would not go see Terminator, a lot of you are not Terminator fans. Terminator lost about $50 million at this point. A lot of y'all wouldn't go see Terminator. But let me tell you something that Terminator is not trying to do. Terminator is not trying to exploit the black race like Netflix is with these stupid releases where they think that they're commentating to us when they're really pandering to us like they did with that damn Joker movie. But at least Joker was good. So with that being said, American Son can get the hell out of the ring and it is losing to Terminator Dark Fate that will move on to the next round and the rounds for the crown. Next up is Parasite versus The King. Parasite, I talked about at nauseum on multiple podcasts. I also have a review on YouTube if anybody is into that kind of shit. And it is squaring off against The King. And I want to talk about The King. So like I say, if I talk about, I'm going to talk about some stuff for a little bit, maybe a minute, maybe two. And it's going to be kind of a sneaky review or whatever. So, you know, just kind of be cognizant of that as we move on, as we travel down this 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 dark road that is cinema so <laughs> the <laughs> the king is uh a netflix uh production uh or distributed by netflix but i like netflix production it sounds better but uh it's it's you can find it on netflix right now uh but guess what none of you will watch it uh and i'm kind of only putting it on here because Netflix is really Oscar baiting. This is the type of stuff that gets you Oscars. Uh, we will see the King nominated for Oscars this se- this season, uh, because of the sheer caliber of the um, uh, set building, the world building, uh, the costume design, uh, some of the performances. All of those things will get this thing nominated. Uh, best directing, uh, definitely. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll. Yeah. Not always sure they'll do the best directing, but this thing is definitely going to get some Oscar nods. And if it don't, I will be one of the people upset. And if it doesn't, it it will prove that there is a bias with the Academy and Netflix. But I don't think that's true. I think that them standing behind Roma last year kind of disproves that. But we'll see what they do this year. But they're definitely Oscar baiting. And my problem with Oscar bait movies is, is that they look for the things that I just told you and they don't always look for a cohesive story. So in this one, they constantly underdeveloped, underdeveloped why they were doing everything. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, stop underdeveloping stuff, y'all. It's not cool. Stop stop thinking like, oh, that happened. Well, cool. That makes sense. Uh, uh, oh, and that happened. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Oh, that happened. Like, no, you need a reason. A story happens because of something happening. Like, you need, you need action to, to propel your story. That doesn't always happen. Uh, this thing kept moving around all over the place and things are happening so fast. Things happen so fast. And uh, by the time it was over, your head spinning. Uh, it was some really, really amazing action scenes, just gruesome, brutal action scenes that's really trying to show you the horrors of war. Uh, I don't know if people are into that time, uh, into 1500s England. It is not a pretty thing to see by, by any means. But, um, you know, the politics, uh, I even thought that the politics was a little silly. Like, it, it just... Yeah, I mean, you had a dude, you know, become king and, you know, they didn't talk about taxes once. Like, they, I heard them refer to the people a few times, but overall, it was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> what else? Where's my story? <laughs> anyway, they tried to make it a story at the end, but it, it was just too rushed to really be believable, but what else? So, uh, yeah, you know... The King is just no match for Parasite. Uh, Parasite is just a superior production, and it's definitely moving to the next round and the rounds for the crown. 
Next is number three's Motherless Brooklyn compared to Joker. I love when these kind of matchups happen, when you get two similar movies, two similar settings squaring off against each other, uh, even though one is a gangster movie and one is a gangster. Holy shit, Joker is, is being comparable to another movie. Like, this is this just keeps happening with this movie. And, and that goes to show... Uh, why this movie is penetrating, uh, and I mean Joker, why Joker is penetrating uh, the world uh, or penetrating the culture like it is. Um, this thing just, it just, it just sticks. It just sticks. Um, but you got Motherless Brooklyn, you know, uh, about a guy who gets into it with some gangsters and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's really boring. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to y'all. This thing made the number three seed because it had two stars and Bruce Willis and Edward Norton. And but both of those people might not be able to draw anymore. I'm pretty sure they won't. <laughs> and then to go uh, gangster, I think that Bruce Willis really thrives in sci-fi. You know, he kind of thrives in gangster movies a little bit. He was in this movie called Last Man Standing. I don't know how good it was, but damn, I liked it. He was a gangster in it or whatever. Uh, but I think he does way better with sci-fi. But uh, Motherless Brooklyn is not the masterpiece that Joker is, and Joker has to go to the next round in the rounds for the crown. And finally, we got Harriet matching up against the Lighthouse, and you already know that the Lighthouse is going to win this thing because I'm not watching Harriet because I vowed to be done with slave movies in them Hollywood. I challenge you to tell true black stories, please. I challenge you again. And they're going to try. We'll be talking about that on some later podcasts. Because, you know, they got some... I've been peeping some stuff that's coming out in 2020. Let's see what happens. And and so, yeah, okay. So we on to round two. (laughs) Round two and the rounds for the crown. So next up, we got Terminator against Parasite. I wish that this matchup didn't happen so fast. But, you know, that's how it goes. Because my system is flawed. But you got Terminator and Parasite squaring off. Uh, Parasite is going to have to get the W because it's just superior story, superior storytelling. Uh, and there you go. But Terminator is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's definitely one of the best action movies of the year. How good of a movie? Uh, we'll talk about it in a second in my spoiler room review of Terminator Dark Fate. You knew it was coming. Oh, you knew it was coming. And then you got Joker squaring off against the lighthouse. Look. I'm putting the lighthouse on here because it is making a lot of noise in the cinema circles. But let's be real. Y'all don't give a shit about that. Let's be real. Most of y'all is not going to watch the lighthouse. But I respect cinema. I love cinema, y'all. I'm telling y'all. I do. But anyway, (laughs) it's going to lose to the Joker. Uh, I'm not even sure how much better uh, of a story Joker is. It's just more relevant. And here we are again with the same matchup. We got a rivalry starting off now with Parasite uh, squaring off against Joker. I almost want to get Joker the crown back in the news that it became the highest grossing rated R movie. It has won in the relevance category. Uh, Parasite isn't making money here, but who would expect it to? Cinema is not the same thing it is in a lot of other countries as it is in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, It's pretty big in China, but I don't know how big it is in South Korea. But with that being said, Joker got to get the crown back. Joker gets the crown back. Look, look, 
The Rotten Tomatoes scores is not moving when it comes down to the audience, and more and more the audience is, is going to see this thing. People are doing it. Oh, they're going to see this thing with repeat, with repeat viewings. This thing is on its way to being a cult classic already. So with that being said, Joker has somehow, some way defeated Parasite, and it's constant climb for more relevance constant climb for cultural impact. I mean, the stairs from the Joker's movie is becoming the national landmark. People coming from all across the world to get a taste, a whiff of this movie's impact on the culture. And for that, for that reason, a movie that defeated on the last rounds for the crown will be defeated this time. And Joker is the crown champion. I love a new crown champion. I do. So yeah, you know, so now, now you're going to hit me up at letstalkmovies216 at gmail.com. I talked about some racial stuff this time. I, 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 hey, I, I did it. I brought it. What, what say you? What say you? Am I, I could be crazy. I could be crazy. I could be racist. You ever think about that? I could be racist. That's crazy. Hey, anybody? Hey, hey, soon as you accept the concept of race, it's possible for you to be racist. That's like, that's like the, the first fundamental part. You can't even go forward without it. All right, y'all, I'm about to get into this Terminator review. Before that, I will get into a secret segment. Uh, I will try to keep it brief. Uh, again, it, people see the, the running time on my podcast and they get intimidated. Don't get intimidated, people. Don't do it. My podcast is pretty short they around an hour no matter what uh glad i got to talk some movies with y'all uh i will be back with the television podcast with a new novel five on the next round uh i'm excited about this novel five because some stuff came back some stuff came all the way back from the plank some stuff is coming back and it's and it's gonna be exciting i can't wait you know i love my tv reviews that's why i'm really having my fun but um yeah, y'all stay safe, uh, love each other, love movies, and until, oh, I did that backwards, love movies, love each other, and until we meet again, this is the Novelty Podcast. seem so abrupt so this is my secret segment so i'm a movie podcast and i say a lot of still i say a lot of stories that's about movies you know what i'm saying um but i'm a man of a lot of opinions i'm deep okay okay i'm i'm deep as a lake i'm deep you know i'm deep as the deep end oh that's not surprising i'm deep as the deep end I'm more than just movies, people. So this is my secret segment. In my secret segment, I react to 10 stories that I see on the internet. I call it mind my business. So I'm going to read the headline and I'm going to decide if I should just mind my business or talk about it. I know that seemed like a lot of stories, but it's really not because trust me. I'm going to be minding my business. And don't worry, I ain't afraid of nothing. I'll talk about political issues. I'll talk about whatever. They're all on the table. You're going to hear from the monitor real below. And it's going to be real. It's going to be raw. It's going to be uncut. And it's going to be right now in my secret segment. Mind my business.
first up on my, my business. It's political stuff. Of course it is. The three words that Trump wanted to hear from Ukraine. I can guess those three words. He wanted to hear Joe Biden guilty. Those are the three words that he wanted to hear. I cannot believe Donald Trump is this gangster. Can you believe this shit? It's, it's kind of insane. So first off, the dude got caught doing something and he decided to do it again. He decided to do it again. He's like, right, you know what? I'm just going to do it again. And, and, and he's operating like a gangster the whole time, right? Because it's his son, his son, his son leaked uh, um, the whistleblower's name on Twitter today. And it's like, that's dangerous, you know? Like, you know how your followers are. You know what I mean? You know how these Trump supporters are. I mean, it kind of, you know what I mean? And uh, if you're a Trump supporter, you know, my bad. But, you know, it's some, some wackadoodles in there. So, you know, you keep leaking her name out there. She's going to really be in danger. And I think that they know that. And I think that that's they trying to influence. I think that it's very dangerous what this dude is doing. Um, but the dude, he, he, hey, he did not want to step down. And it's funny because I really thought Donald Trump didn't like being president. I didn't even think he liked it. It's just like, oh, uh, you know, I, I thought it would be fun. I just wanted to shut Obama up, but, you know, I'm here. But now I think he might be addicted to its power. Mm, that's kind of crazy, right? That'd make a good movie, wouldn't it? Not about Donald Trump. I don't think he'd be a specifically interesting character. Uh, he he seems kind of dense in a lot of ways. But, you know, his 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 dense personality, when you put that in chaos, it just becomes fascinating to see it's just kind of amazing the next story is ex-trump advisors text to radio hosts prepare to die holy shit so (laughs) apparently um okay so apparently in this story i'm not minding my business on this one uh apparently on this story it's looking like uh roger stone was threatened by um Wow. Uh, by uh, ex-Trump aide and told him that he was going to die. I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine somebody hearing my podcast and like, and, you know, hitting me up like, yeah, you're going to die. So I was saying that my movie, my movie deserved to be in the graveyard and blah, blah, blah. Like, Holy shit. It's real. That's kind of insane, though. That's kind of insane. We really got a gangster in the White House. I mean, they all gangsters. But man, this is a gangster gangster. It's crazy. Next is these are all political. Um, uh, I don't even know her name. Oh God. Well, whatever. I'm minding my business on that one. Uh number four story. See moment. Baby is found alive after Mexico massacre. Oh, that's intense. And I, you know. Stuff like that always creep me out because uh, I watch a lot of Netflix movies and uh, it'd be stuff on Netflix and uh, they sh- they have all kind of stuff on Netflix. And it was this one uh, story where the, the lady was trying to save her uh, sister. I might be making this up. Yeah, because I, I don't all, all the way remember the story. But she was trying to save somebody from a uh, from the cartel. And uh, it didn't work. Uh, let me see. A video shows the moment a seven-month-old baby was found unharmed in her car seat after her family was ambushed and attacked in Mexico. Like, man, like that's really crazy, you know? But I don't like, like stories like this because it makes it really hard to want to travel, especially to places like Mexico. I hear good things about the tourist destinations in Mexico, you know? But, uh... Yeah, man, that's that's pretty insane. Uh, but I, I just wish that we saw more positive stories about Mexico. You know, I, I wish we did. But I'm telling you, I've never heard any Mexican stories that didn't have to do with the cartel. It's kind of scary. It's crazy.
I hate I hate cartel stories. I don't even like watching Narcos because of the cartel. Because of cartel. You know that's how everything come back to movies. Yeah, yeah, it's movies, baby, movies. Story five. This nifty device fixes bad posture. I mind my business. Whitney Houston's best friends confirms a long time rumor. Okay, Whitney Houston's friend. Uh, I, I, I ain't minding my business. <laughs> Whitney Houston's friend, confidant, and roommate Robin Crawford is revealing intimate details about their close relationship and new book. What? Dang. So they saying Whitney was kind of, you know, she was going both ways in this joint. So look, okay, is this shocking? It's kind of not shocking, right? Like, wasn't she on Coke? Look, if you done Coke, I'm not putting anything past you. I'm not doing it. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised at anything you do. I'm not. So, you know, this is not that big of a surprise. And what is it with them, you know, constantly exposing celebrities who passed? I just think it's unfair in so many ways. You know, like, stop spitting on their grave and let them rest in peace or somebody fucking hunts you, you know? Imagine Whitney Houston ghosts, like, you know, hunting you and shit like, I want to dance with somebody. And you just sleep. Like, oh, shit. You know, it could, it could be fucking scary. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Let her rest in peace. Next story, death row inmate stuns victim's family with final words. Oh, shit. Oh, 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 this is good. Okay, okay. They're going to make me click it. All right, they're going to make me click it. Charles Rhines, I'm not minding my business if you can't tell. Charles Rhines, who was previously convicted in the stabbing death of 22-year-old Donovan Schaefer at a donut shop in 1992, was executed Monday. Now, why do they keep people on death row so long? Can somebody answer that for me? Like, I have no idea, and it's really weird because... Why? Like, well, I don't know why it takes so long. Do they have to get their affairs in order and shit? Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. So I'm trying to see what the dude said. They made me click through the story so they can get that advertising money. And now I'm down too far. Okay. He said, I forgive you for your anger. (laughs) Hey, he stabbed somebody because he's a crazy person. He's a crazy person. Because even now, he's saying, like, the dude deserved it. He's just like, man, he deserved it. I can't believe y'all was mad at me. You know what? I forgive y'all. Like, what the fuck? It's crazy how crazy people can be. I didn't even know that they murdered. I didn't even know that they put people on death row for only killing one person. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought that they did it when, um, I thought that they did it when you killed multiple people or something like that. And it was like witnesses to you killing multiple people. I kind of thought it worked like that. But apparently it doesn't. He can just get killed. But that's pretty crazy, right? Like, I I have, I got mixed feelings about executions. You know, I, I don't really feel like, um, I feel like only certain people should, you know, be executed. Uh, I don't know if somebody who's killed someone could be executed because I think that some people really can reform. But man, if you kill more than one person, you know, the world's better off without you, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I got I got mixed feelings about it. Like, if you really was, if really, like, what if we all had to vote on, you know, executions? That'd be crazy. I, I don't know how many people would really get executed, you know? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo addresses viral Aaron Andrews video. Okay, I ain't minding my business on this one. And I'll make this the last one. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And he's young and he's handsome. And so he flirted with the supporter and, you know, that was pretty much it. But like, it was innocent. It wasn't nothing like crazy. 
And, you know, I, I might have said something on Twitter about it or whatever. But, like, he's like, he had to come out and actually say, like, it wasn't like that. And, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, is it the hot blonde effect? You know what I mean? Like, say some ogre-looking chick. She's like, uh, thank you for shopping at Starbucks. Please come again. And then you turn around and there's some hot chick. It's like, thank you for coming to Starbucks. Please come in. You're going to be like, hey, I think she was flirting with me. Maybe it was something like that. It could have been something like that. I don't know. But uh, look, I think that if he took a shot, he would have made it. That's all I'm saying. And finally, Judge stops abortion. I said it, the last one was the last one. But finally, Judge, stop, Judge stops adoption hearings when toddler yells this. Uh, I don't mind my business. I don't really care. But yeah, I hope that was fun. Hey, what do you think? If uh, if uh, you can still talk to me about that too. Hit me up on the uh, hit me up at Gmail about that too. I don't give a shit. Hit me up. Let's talk about whatever. But I'm still gonna bring it back to movies anyway, cause I am a cinema. Uh, they got a name for it, a cinema junkie or some shit like that. But yeah, I uh, I'll see you on the next one. If you're about to listen to the Terminator spoiler review, go ahead. It's gonna be all fun, cause I love the movie. So we about to have some fun. All right, see you on the other side. Peace. All right, let's talk Terminator Dark Fate that sometimes I call Terminator Salvation for no real reason. And let's get into it, people. So, look, it's very obvious. I love this movie. (laughs) I love this movie. Uh, I think that this is one of the best action movies we had this year. Uh, I am so glad that uh, it dropped. And um, I was really nervous. I had a good feeling about it. But um, I didn't know if I, I would receive it well. Uh, I was not impressed by the last three Terminators. Like, so I just didn't know that they would be able to do it. But this time, what they did, they kind of did a reboot. It was like a soft reboot in a lot of ways uh, where they can kind of go from Terminator 2 and just kind of jettison the bad movies. And um, that that worked a lot better than it did for Halloween. And I was grateful for that. Um, I thought that... Overall, you got a really um, okay story. So I'm always talking about Cat and Mouse, right? I'm always talking about Cat and Mouse. I don't like Cat and Mouse because it's not story. You know what I mean? It's not story. You're literally watching a chase. Um, Everything that happens in it is just, you know, kind of, you know, filler. You know, it's just just to make the movie, you know, happen. You know, (laughs) it's just... A story is supposed to um, escalate. You know, it's supposed to escalate. It's supposed to build to a climax. You know, we talk about a lot, a lot about climax. Now, you know, sexual perversion has taken the power away from climax. Now, when we hear climax, that's all we think about. But climax is is most important in movies um, because that's emotional. You know, it's emotional. And you have to hit that. But a lot of movies don't do that properly because they don't follow, you know, story structure properly. And that's something that Cat and Mouse is kind of immune to. That whole game of chasing and running and chasing and running you get a lot of that in the fast and furious movies um so i was like oh man how is it gonna end up pulling this off but what they did they gave me the coolest and i mean the coolest fucking cat and mouse scenes i ever seen i was just like holy shit this shit is cool and like i look 
cool points. Cool points is not supposed to win you over. I'm not even going to lie. I'm supposed to be immune to cool points. But they just kept hitting me with fucking cool shit. And I'm just like, no, that shit was crazy. No, that was crazy. It's crazy. Look, it was it was some bad acting in this joint. I couldn't I couldn't hold it against anybody. Uh, it, <laughs> the villain was like a, a a fantasy. Like the villain made no fucking sense. It's like okay, I get it. You know, you got you got you can you can you know pretend to you can pretend to be um a cop. You can pretend to be you know border patrol. You can pretend to be all these things. But eventually, you gotta have some ID and credentials, man. You gotta have something. And like, no matter what he did, he just make look when the, when the bad guy ended up, you know, pretending like he worked somewhere, and he ended up getting a chopper. I was like, huh, what, what? Like, I couldn't believe that it was happening. I was just like, this dude went and got a chopper. Like, he didn't fill out any paperwork. And I, that was a joke. The thing, and the thing about it is that he didn't need to play along ever. You know what I mean? He didn't need to play along, but sometimes he play along for no reason. We know the reason, and that's something that you should never be able to see. You should never be able to see when a movie is simply trying to prolong movie. Like, oh, this movie just isn't long enough. And like, you know, it sucks because these Terminators are just way too dangerous. They're way too dangerous. But sometimes they act like they take stuff personal, and then other times they act like they're just completely dumb robots. And it's all dependent on what the story needs. So that constantly happens throughout the movie. And that's what drags this movie down. Um, that's why this movie isn't sitting in the 90s anywhere, because it's constantly getting dragged down by how ludicrous that actual story is. Now, the premise is ludicrous in itself. The premise is ludicrous. And and, and it's, but it's the premise we know, right? It's the exact same premise as Terminator. It's the exact same premise as Terminator 2. Uh, but what they did, uh, they put a modern spin on it and they gave us a new robot. Oh, uh, they gave us a new robot. Now they they were giving us new robots before. Uh, we got a new ro- robot in Terminator Two, in Terminator Four. Uh, I mean, it's not Terminator Four, in Terminator Three. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean. I don't know why they call this thing Dark Fate either. It was a little weird too. But um, you know, we got a new Terminator in here. Uh, we got a new John Connor. So like they're really rebooting this thing. But I got a problem with them, you know, taking out uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I guess this is a good way for him to pass on the franchise. But all they're going to do is replace him with The Rock or some shit. Like it's not going <laughs> to. I don't even think The Rock could pull off being a robot. Honestly, I don't think he has the acting range. But yeah, they're going to f- figure out somebody to replace him and play his his same self. So unless um, I mean, to play his same role, not the same self. So unless they can get. You know, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger to to um either do the CGI thing where they CGI his face, or they can like find out a way to really make the story go on. Then maybe I would love for um a Terminator to happen in the actual future where these people are sending people from, and then like you know they have to go save the past or something like switch it up maybe. Uh, but it's always the same thing with these Terminator movies. But that's kind of. Uh, what they are. Once you accept that, this thing is a thrill ride. Uh, I don't even have it at a 71% where the critics do. Uh, I'm way closer to the audience. I get this thing like an 81 to an 85%. Like, I think that this thing is really fun. Uh, the action scenes is just great, man. They all look great. They are shot incredibly. And I love that they actually created the perfect Terminator who can fight a more perfect Terminator. So what they basically did, you know, combining the Terminators from one and from two, 
you know, uh, they combined two Terminators and and they found the perfect person who can go, you know, who can combat those things. And it's not easy to combat them. They don't even use guns half the time because they're such efficient killing machines. And um, I just thought it was so good. And I'm and I thank God that guns wasn't used in here like it was used in Terminator 2. That's another thing that they got right. That's another thing that made it feel like a different movie is that guns was not as important because they really wanted you to feel this action. And man, we just got cool ass action scenes. I cannot wait to see this thing again. I already wanted to see it again. And I wanted to see it again just because this thing is like a fucking cool ass VR ride. I loved it. I loved it. I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger in here. I really like the place that he is spiritually. It kind of radiates from the screen. Um, I might be a little biased. I watched this thing called The Game Changers, which is a vegan documentary. And uh, Arnold, Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger is primarily vegan. And you can just see that he's just in a much better space than he's been in a long time just spiritually. And it just comes through the screen. And it just played out really good. Now, I don't know how I feel about uh, robots having emotions they never even floated that uh possibility in previous terminators uh they kind of brought it out here just so they can have a reason to have uh arnold schwarzenegger come around but at the same time it was worth it it was worth it uh and it turned out that they needed him somehow some way uh they kind of didn't need sarah connor they kind of needed sarah connor for like a scene or whatever but I i'll take it because she was fun uh, another thing that bothered me is the kind of underdevelopment of some of the characters uh because two the two characters uh didn't get along in here uh sarah connor's character and let me get down to the cast real quick uh they gonna have me they gonna have me on find it real quick but sarah connor's character and um grace uh not Sarah Connor. I hate when I do that. Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor, and Mackenzie Davis' character, Grace. They didn't get along. They had this whole, you know, um, um, buddy rivalry. You know, they had that whole thing going on, but it was just so unearned. It came out of nowhere. And it was like, hey, I'm here to help you. And the other person's like, fuck you. And that, that was like, <laughs> that's pretty much the gist of it of why they didn't like each other. It just felt so forest or whatever just to again to stretch the movie this movie is really like an hour's worth of story you know you can always sense you know when when more is being stretched but a lot of times they feel in that hour with action and i just loved every time action was going on i love seeing those terminators run like they they train you know the actors to run a certain way as terminators i i just love it i love it. i love everything about it it's just crazy like cinematography was off the charts uh for what it was it wasn't a lot of directing that was needed. Uh, it, it wasn't a directorial masterpiece, but it's not anything that calls for it. This is just one of the best, you know, kind of genres that we've had. I mean, uh, action genre movies that we've had in a while. Uh, I'm just very excited. Uh, I think that we severely needed this. I am so glad that this thing came out in November because November has been kind of meh when it comes down to the movies so far. I mean, I know November is young, like we just starting the month. But honestly, I don't think it's going to be that much excitement coming to theaters to, uh, anytime soon. So uh, we got a couple of things coming. We got the Ford versus Ferrari I have no interest in. Uh, we got the Good Liar. The Good Liar is starting to pique my interest. I'll be talking a little bit more about that in a later podcast. My next podcast, I said it would be a TV episode, but it'll be a hybrid episode. But, you know, so... November, you got Dr. Sleep coming out, you know, you got that going on. So it's going to be an okay uh, November month, but I'm glad that this was able to come out when it did uh, to really like catapult this month into a much stronger uh, month than it could have been. Uh, 
Now, I'm not saying that the world isn't kind of getting over the Terminator movies. Uh, I think that they got to find a way to reduce the budget. I don't want them to. I don't want them to. Because if they do, it won't be as good. But I think that they really need to find a way to cut back on the budget because uh, they are losing money. Like, just hemorrhaging money on this franchise. Um, This isn't the last movie to... Uh, lose money hopefully it just needs a little bit of time um hopefully the word of mouth will get this thing you know through um i'm hoping that's what happens so this thing is sitting at 100 and um 130 million worldwide you know thank god for worldwide at at this thing is made 36 million dollars domestically nobody is going to see this movie and i just think it's crazy uh they marketed the shit out of it that wasn't the problem uh but i think that the overall people are getting tired of it i don't know if that's because people are tired of the cat and mouse genre i don't know if that's what's going on but uh we'll see i want to see what happens is with the future of this movie uh, so yeah, you gotta yeah. So this thing is losing. It's down about fifty five million. It's not recouping it. But hopefully, uh, the Terminator is big. It's a it's a cult classic. Hopefully, people cop the DVDs, whatever or whatever. Uh, and and it recoups his money somehow, some way. Because I really want another one of these things. But man, this thing bombing. I don't know what's gonna happen with it. Possibly, but uh, trust and belief. When it comes down to action movies, this is. The best it is blowing Hobbs and Shaw out of the water for this year. Uh, I think the only thing kind of competing with this is Spider-Man. I would probably rather watch this than Spider-Man, though. I probably would. Uh, I'm not saying it's better than Spider-Man, because, again, there is little to no story in here. uh, And it's a lot of silly shit going on. But, man, you just can't take your eyes off of this thing if you have not seen Terminator Salvation. Make it. Put it on your priority list. I'm guessing if you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it. But eventually, you'll have a chance to see it. You'll have a chance to get that thing at Redbox. Uh, maybe it'll come to Netflix. Hopefully, it does. And this, I hope this thing make noise. It got to recoup that $55 million somehow, some way. But that's it for my Terminator review. Um, this thing is sitting at a, what did it say? 71%? Yeah, and an 84 Yeah, so I, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely with the audience at 85%. Uh, check this one out. And that's going to be it for me. That's going to be it. Remember, man, find me. Talk to me. Holla at me. What's going on? What's going on with the movies? You let me know, all right? I will see you on the next one. Take care.